Welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody for coming today. I want to thank everybody that's watching us online right now. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. I want to welcome, or I want to uh, celebrate, hey, happy 4th of July today. Come on. I got my 4th of July shoes on today. Come on, somebody. Hey, it's okay to celebrate living in the greatest country on planet Earth, okay? <laughs> and, and, and it's just a reminder uh, for us that this country was created so we could worship freely. And what a perfect day that we're here on Sunday, July 4th on a Sunday, and we're doing what our forefathers did when they got here, they worshiped Jesus, amen? Awesome. So uh, today's the first of the month. We try the first of every month to take communion. So we'll be taking communion today. You should have got your all-in-one when you came in. If not, don't worry about it. I'll make sure you get one. We're going to transition. As our response time, we'll take communion together after uh, the message, okay? All right. Last week, last week, we kicked off our series, The Curse and Blessings, with, with talking about curses. And, and look, I know uh, for, for many of you, it was, it was out of the box. It was a different type of service. Uh, but man, we got so many uh, testimonies from last week. Just, man, God doing so many powerful things in, in people's lives and hearts. And, and man, so many of you put stuff on the cross. And I, I don't know about you, but I actually felt different this week. And, and uh, man, I just really felt free from, from some of the generational curses that, that, man, I put on the cross last week. And so uh, now the key is, is walking in that freedom, right? The, the key is walking in that freedom. And, and um, I, I don't know if you can feel it, but, but I can feel it more than, than ever. God is really, he's doing something right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but he's, he's orchestrating these messages, and specifically, he has a place where he's taking us um, over the next several weeks, and, and, and so we're going to be talking, for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about the blessing, where we're specifically going to get uh, into the blessings of God, and I'm going to uh, teach about how, praying them over your family and your children, and so, man, it's going to be powerful over the next three weeks, and then uh, the series that we're, we're, we're coming with... Uh, after this one is called the advantage. And we're gonna be talking about the Holy Spirit and the advantage that we have uh, from the Holy Spirit. And so I need to pray because if I don't pray, I'm gonna get rolling and I'm not gonna to stop today, okay? Come on. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this moment. I thank you for every purpose. I thank you for every purpose. Per oh boy. Every person that has a purpose in this room today, God, that you've called them by name, Holy Spirit, I thank you that it is not by mistake that they're here today. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts and minds today. We just come against the attacks of Satan right now. We bind them and rebuke them out of this place. Holy Spirit, we just pray right now, God, that you would have your way in this moment. Help me get out of the way all of you and none of me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
I am, man, I'm always excited to preach, but I'm, I'm excited to preach today and, and just, uh, man, just praying through this, this message this week and just, man, I, I'm just honored every Sunday that I get up here and that people actually show up and want to listen to me to talk. You know what I'm saying? So last week, last week we, we tackled Galatians 3, 13 and 14. And I love it when God does this. Uh, he has me preach on the same uh, passage, but in a different way, in a different, um, a different point. And so we really tackled Galatians 3, 13 last week about curses, that Jesus became the curse bearer. He took all of our sin. He took all of the curses upon himself. And so Galatians uh, 3, 14, let's read it today. The second half of that passage, he says, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Now, if I were to ask you this morning, if I were to ask you this morning, who wants to be blessed? Like, like everybody, you're probably like, yeah, we, I want to be blessed, right? And, and, and here's the thing. And because we live in a very blessed country, very rich country, and my people, teachers and, and, and pastors and evangelists, I think have done a really poor job when teaching on this thing called blessing. And they teach it from a, a financial monetary way, right? And it's because we, we're so consumeristic here in our country and as Christians, right? And so when, when we hear a message on blessing, we're like, yes, I want five steps how to make more money, okay, to live my best life today. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, 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 that's kind of like what we start to think about. And, and it's because because we live in such a westernized American culture where everything's about, you know, going up the corporate ladder and it's about more money, more money, right? And so we're like, yeah, I want, I want to be blessed, right? I, I want to be blessed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then if I were to ask another question and another question was, who wants to obey? We're not so quick to raise our hand, right? We're, we're actually kind of like, okay, well, all right. Well, um, so obedience. So what does this mean for me? What do I have to give up? Do I, do I have to sacrifice some time? Like, like, how long do I have to obey? What are some of the stipulations that, that come with obedience, right? And we, we look at the life of Abraham, we look at the life of Abraham, and he was blessed because he was obedient. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. The blessing is not just a monetary gain, but the Holy Spirit himself. Now, some of you clapped, but some of you didn't because you're kind of like, meh. You're watching online and you want to shut it off right now. You're like, I literally thought you were going to preach three steps of how I can live a blessed life now, hashtag more money, right? Like, like you, that, that's what you thought this message was today. And the reason why you thought that is because you don't fully understand the gift that we have in the Holy Spirit. We don't understand the advantages that we have through the power of the Holy Spirit, that literally we have nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, and none of those gifts are how to make more money. 
And so when you hear something like that, you just kind of let down a little bit. But man, I'm telling you, the get, when we think that the blessings of God are only monetary gain or, or, or financial blessing, which listen, God can and God will bless us financially. He's blessed me. He's blessed this church. He's blessed many of you in this church who, who tithe and give and God has just blessed you financially. Yes, he can do that. But when we, when we view bless, blessings only in the context of something monetary or financial, what we're doing is we're limiting what God can do in our life. And we're literally putting God in a box. He wants to do so much more than just bless our finances. He wants to bless our whole life. He wants us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And man, I hope you're ready for the advantage. I'm telling you that my serious is going to be so good. Okay. All right, let's, let me talk about this passage here. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, that is us, with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. And so what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that the same promises, and we're going to talk about those four promises today, that God gave to Abraham are available to us because of the Holy Spirit. Because we now have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those promises that God gave to Abraham are now promises for us today. And what I love about the story of Abraham, right? Abraham and Sarah, they're the first people in the Bible that God changed their name. And he, he changes, man, God does everything strategically. He changes their name with an H, okay? He puts an H in both of their names. He actually takes the I out of Sarah, come on somebody, and puts an H in, okay? And so what's the significance of H? What's the significance of H? H is the fifth Hebrew letter in the alphabet, and five represents grace. It also represents divine action. Come on. Abraham and Sarah do not become who God has called them to be until divine action is placed upon their life, until, until they're walking in grace, which represents the Holy Spirit for us today. And so, man, God has divine action for us today, and the promises for Abraham are for us today. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit, because we have divine action. The Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians 1, 3 through 4. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Okay, let's, let's go back to... That first sentence there, okay? All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Another way to translate that is spiritual into supernatural and blessing into gift. And so if we're reading it, we're reading it, who has blessed us with every supernatural gift. Just like curses are supernatural, curses get placed on us through supernatural means from, from, from the devil and, and through different demons and, and, and different things like that. 
Man, the blessings of God are supernatural too. That's why when we just say, okay, God, you can only move in this one little area of my life and my finances, God's like, you are minimizing my power. You are minimizing what I want to do in your life. I've given you every supernatural gift to your disposal right now today. We just need to walk in them. Jesus says this, John 20, 29, uh, Jesus says this, that we're in this category, right? He says, you believe, and he's talking to Thomas, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. You see, Thomas was throwing a tantrum because he couldn't see Jesus. All the other disciples saw him after his resurrection, his death and resurrection, and, and he wasn't there. And so he was throwing a tantrum like many of us do towards God. Like, like why couldn't I see this? Why aren't you doing this? Right? He's throwing a tantrum, right? And, and, and so God shows up to Thomas and Thomas gets to take his finger and put it in the holes in Jesus's hand and see where they put a spear in his side. And, 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 and so Jesus is saying, look, Thomas, you get to see me, right? But blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And the, the subtitle of my message today, that was my introduction, the subtitle <laughs> of my message today is the blessing of obedience, the blessing of obedience. Listen to me. There's always a blessing attached to our obedience. There is always a blessing attached to our obedience. Okay, so what made Abraham so blessed? What made him so blessed? What made him so blessed is just what I said, just what I was talking about, his obedience and trust in God, even when he could not see the promise. This is what made him so blessed is that he was willing to obey even though there was no guarantee that God was going to meet him on the other side, that God was actually going to lead him. He had this trust in God, the blessing of obedience, the blessing of obedience. And so we're going to tackle these, these four promises this morning that, that God spoke over Abraham that we can have access today. Let's read Genesis 12, one through three. Let's see the, the promises that God spoke over Abraham. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And what I love about Abraham is that he had issues, right? He was not perfect at all. Like, like you read the life of Abraham and you're kind of like, God, really? You picked this guy, right? Like he had, like, like, like he, he waited for his dad to die. God's like, come on, come on. I need you to go. And then, then he brings Lot with him. He's like, really? You brought this brat with you? And, you know, he's like, and then, you know, then, 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 then he lies about his wife being his sister. And then he says, he's got issues. Yet God still fulfills all of these promises through him. Because there is a blessing attached to our obedience. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and I and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curse you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Okay, so let's look at that first promise. Let's look at the, the first promise uh, that God speaks to uh, Abraham. Uh, promise number one is a, a promised generational blessing. There is a promised generational blessing that God speaks over Abraham. I don't know about you, but I am here because I had two grandmas 
that prayed over my life. Okay, some of you are here today sitting and you're watching online because you had some grandmas that were praying over you, even though that you, man, you were running buck wild, but, but they still prayed over you and there was a generational blessing. And that's why you're sitting here today is because the prayers that, that grandma or grandpa prayed over your life. There is a promised generational blessing attached to the promises of Abraham that we have access to. Okay, Exodus 34, 5 through 6, okay? Now let me give you some quick context of this story, right? So Moses goes up on to the mountaintop, right? And God shows him the glory, right? His face shines like a light bulb, a flashlight. He's, he's, he's encountering the glory of God and God is taking his finger and carving out 10 commandments out of rock, right? Like he's having this amazing moment, giving them the 10 commandments to the Lord. And you know, he's, he's just on cloud nine and he's just walking down with the, the tablets, right? And, and all of a sudden he sees the Israelites have lost their mind. Like they've just, they're like worshiping a golden calf and they're just have a lot. They're going buck wild. They're just have lost their mind. And so what Moses does in his frustration and his anger is he smashes the tablets. And so this is his second trip to the mountain. Can you imagine this conversation between Moses and God? Um, hi, God. It's, uh, it's me again, Moses. So, you know, uh, you know those, those, those commandments that you carved with your finger out of fire? You know those? That was pretty awesome, right? Um, do you have another copy? I, I just... <laughs> did you make two? I don't, you know, just... Because I kind of, kind of smashed them, okay? Like, right? And so I love this because this is Moses' firsthand experience with God. Like, like this is Moses' firsthand experience with God. This is what God does. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. And he called out his own name, Yahweh, the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out Yahweh, the Lord. Like, like Yah, I mean, if you can imagine thunder yelling Yahweh, right? Like, Yahweh, I am the Lord. And then God goes ex- to, to explaining Moses who his very character is. Look at this, look at this. The God of compassion and mercy. Like, he doesn't yell at him like, are you kidding me? Like I, I spent time carving out those commandments with my finger in fire. Do you know how awesome that was? And you did, no, 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 no. He doesn't bring that up at all, right? What does he say? He says, no, no, no. I am the God of compassion and mercy. This is who I am. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Guys, this is the character of God. Man, when we obey, like this is the God we get, right? Like he's just compassionate and merciful, unfailing love and faithfulness. Let's continue. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. Okay, here comes, here's the blessing, right? Here's the generational blessing. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. 
And here comes the curse. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation. So he says there's, there's a curse on people who, who are disobedient, okay? And, and it just doesn't affect them. It affects the second and third and sometimes even the fourth generation. There, there can be a curse over the family if that curse isn't broken by obedience to following God, okay? And this is what I want you to see today. This is what I want you to see today is that the blessings of God are a thousand times more powerful than the curses from the devil. God's blessings last last thousands of years and and Satan's curses last two or three generations. Like they are a thousand times more powerful. That's why some of you today, your first generational curses or your first generational blessings are gonna extend for the next thousand years. Why? Because you're obedient today. Come on, like that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of God. It's a thousand times more powerful than any curse that Satan could bring on our lives. That's why it takes one moment of declaration of putting that curse on the cross and saying, in Jesus' name, it is finished. All right, so there is a generational blessing through the promises of Abraham that we get access to. Point number two, the promise to become a blessing. Now, this one's weird for us here in consumeristic, American, westernized Christianity, right? Oh, to become a blessing? Oh. You see, God puts this promise on Abraham. He says, I'm going to make you great. And another translation that says, I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to bless you because I know that through you, my name will be made great and my name will be made famous. And so he, he puts this, man the promise of becoming a blessing. Do you know that God wants to bless you? Not so you'll just hoard it. Right, and this is what he knew about Abraham is that by blessing him, many people would be blessed because he wasn't a consumer, that he was going to bless other people. And this is really important to understand about the blessings of God. He's not blessing you just to hoard it for yourself, but to bless other people. A promise to become a blessing. Now, some of you, this week, you, you were struggling a little bit with some of those curses that you put on the cross, and, and um, I got the answer for this. I got the answer this week for that. It's called the anti-curse protection plan. <laughs> you, know, you know, like the antivirus computer. You know, you put it on your computer to keep the virus away. This is the anti-curse protection plan, okay? And it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is our anti-curse protection plan. Like when we're living in in the Holy Spirit, and the byproduct of the Holy Spirit is this thing called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And listen, you can't buy any of these with money. Look at that, Galatians 5, 22 through 23. This will get it. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit that is our anti-curse protection plan when we live in these and we produce these love. Listen, you can't buy love. You can buy like. Oh, you, you can buy like. 
But you can't buy love, right? Like you can't buy joy. You can buy temporary happiness, but you can't buy joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. No matter what circumstance you're in, you can have joy. You can't buy joy. Joy is only produced through the Holy Spirit. Peace. You can't buy peace. You can't buy patience. Some of you today would pay a lot of money if you could get patience. I mean, you would go on a payment plan. Like you would, $3.99 a month? Yes, yeah, sign me up, right? You, you, patience only comes through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Kindness. Well, there's a lot of rich people that are mean, right? That are not kind. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I love this last sentence that he puts in there. There is no law against these things. Why does he say that? He says that because he's saying that there's no physical law that man can write that can stop the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And there's no, there's no spiritual law that Satan can create to stop these fruits of the Holy Spirit. And this is why the Holy Spirit is the blessing. And it's our anti-curse protection plan. Point number three, point number three, the promise of whoever helps you then in turn will be blessed. Another weird one, right? We, we don't think this, this way, right? But, but think about this, think about this. If you needed to move, okay? Like move, move places. I, I, I heard that one of the things that people dread the most is moving, right? The boxes and all that. And you put it on Facebook and you had a thousand people respond to help you move, right? Like this is what, it, the promise of whoever helps you, they in turn will be blessed. Like this was the promise that God gave Abraham. He says, man, I, I'm gonna bless whoever blesses you and I'm gonna curse whoever curses you. It's this literally walking in the blessing that he's made you to be, but people that are around you also get blessed because they're helping you because you're just an overflow of the blessings of the Holy Spirit, right? You're around someone who has joy, right? And you just want to be around them. And all of a sudden you're feeling joy and it's because that fruit of the Holy Spirit is pouring out of them and onto you. It's this promise of whoever helps you, then in turn will be blessed. One of, my, one of the most powerful stories that I have in, in this, this area happened about 12 years ago, I think about around 2009. And uh, Don and I, uh, we led a singles group and, and a prayer group, and we were taking a bunch of them up to, to Washington, D.C. for a missions trip. Um, we were going to help uh, one of our pastor friends go from one service to two service services, and, and we we're just going to, and we we're going to serve that weekend. We, we were just going to bless them like crazy. We just wanted to help them. We went street witnessing, handed out flyers for them on the subway. Uh, we were praying for people, inviting them to go to their church. I mean, it was just an awesome week. And some of you are like, why would you send a mission team to Washington, D.C. You've never been to Washington, D.C., okay? Man when, I, when I, man, when I was praying, when we were prayer walking over the city and the Capitol, I'll tell you right now, I felt some of the largest spiritual strongholds that I've ever felt in my life in the Capitol. 
And you see what's happening to our country right now, right? You know what I'm saying? And so, man, we went up there to just, just kind of, you know, man, we wanted to help Pastor David in, in a tough area like Washington, D.C., and we just, we just wanted to bless him and help him in, in their church. And, and so we, we had a great week. It was that Friday, and uh, we were having pizza in one of his pastor's homes, and, and uh, it, it was just me and David. We were me and David um, in the front room getting some pizza. And, and a year prior to that, a year prior to that, I, w- I did a 21-day fast. We do 21-day fast here at Passion Life Church every year. And so I was at the end of a 21-day fast uh, of prayer and fasting, and I was in a worship service, and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Now, this was a year prior to this moment. And he called me to be a pastor. I was not a pastor up to that point. He called me to be a pastor and to start a church in the Denver area, okay? And so I had never been here to Colorado, um, didn't know what it was like here. Um, to be honest, I wasn't sure where it was on the map, okay? Like, so where is that? And so I had never been here. And so um, I got up from that moment, I got up from that moment and I'm like, God, that sounds terrible, okay? Like, thank you for speaking that into me. Um, you know, but it didn't sound like I had a very comfortable life. We, we, we bought what we thought was our forever home, 10 minutes from the ocean. We went to the beach every single weekend. Man, we had good jobs. Um, we didn't have kids, so we had money. Come on, anybody? Come on, you remember that moment, right? Like, <laughs> for some of you, it was like six months, right? And, and, and so we, man, we, we had a great life. My life was, was good, right? And, and so I wasn't, I didn't want to tell anybody. And so I kept it secret for one year. It was just between me and God. Don didn't know. Nobody knew. It was just a secret between me and God. And in that moment, that front room with me and Pastor David, the Holy Spirit says, you tell him right now. I was like, What? He's like, yeah, you tell him right now what I spoke to you a year ago. And so I said, okay, I did. I said, David, I'll tell you something. He's like, what's, what's going on? And I'm like, man, God has called me to Denver, Colorado to start a church. And let me tell you, something broke in the supernatural in that moment. Because what was once secret now was spoken out. And I knew David was going to keep me accountable for what I had just spoken out. And I'm telling you, for the first time in my life, that it was that moment that it actually felt like, God had called me to be a pastor. And so we went and talked, we went and talked. And and at this point, okay, and some of you can relate to this. Okay, this was my, this was my literal thought process as I'm sitting with him and he's talking to me. I'm not listening to anything he's saying, but this is what I'm thinking, right? This is what I'm thinking. Okay, what's the minimum I can do to stay obedient to God? Because I'm thinking, okay, I'll make all my money, and, and, and then when I'm 55, right, I'm 55, that we'll go and we'll retire in Colorado, and we'll start a mountain church, because I think, like, everything's mountains there, because I've never been there, right? And so we'll, we'll start a nice little mountain church, and it'll be nice, and, and you know, and, and so when I stand before Jesus, I'll just be like, I did it. It's obedient. So this is literally... My, I'm thinking these thoughts as we're talking, right? And at the end of the conversation, he stands up and he points at me and he says, you got three years to get there. It's like, okay. And God knew that I, he knew that I needed that. But 
I had no preconceived notion. We were just going to help someone, going to bless someone. And in turn, God helped me and he blessed me. And he knew that I needed a supernatural confirmation to sell everything and move across country to a place I'd never been. In that moment, he gave that to me. And this is how God works. Man, when we help other people, God will bless us in return. Number four, number four, the last one, the promise of protection. The promise of protection. As I, as I was praying over this message this week and this specific point, the promise of protection, God showed me a couple instances in my life where if he wouldn't have protected me, I would have been dead. And, and I know God has done that. Sometimes we don't think certain situations, but man, God is protecting us. He has angels all around us and they're, they're protecting us many times from disaster, from ourselves. So I was, I was 16 or 17 years old at the time and I skipped school with my cousin and a bunch of people. It was senior skip day, but I was a junior, but I wanted to support the seniors. <laughs> And uh, we went to somebody's house and we drank all day and my cousin was there and we had like 16 or 17 beers and we were just completely trashed and, and he's driving me home, right? He's driving me home and we were out in the sun all day and he's like going in and out as he's driving and I'm just obliterated to everything. And, and so we're driving down this country road, right? And there's only two lanes in country roads, right? You go this way and the other car comes this way and there is a truck. I remember there is a tractor trailer driving down the road and my cousin's driving down the left lane straight towards this tractor trailer. And I'm just, oh, okay. I'm just oblivious and he, he's passing out and waking up and all of a sudden the wheel just jerks itself violently out of the way of this tractor trailer. And I just remember all of a sudden we, we were awake and he looks at me and I look at him and I'm like, whoa. We just knew in that instance that God saved our lives. God is protecting over us. We're going to get some details over the next coming, coming weeks about praying protection over your marriage and your life and your kids. And we're going to get specifics over that. Man, I do that. Man, I pray protection over this church and your life and, and, and my family. And so there's specific prayers we can pray. And, and, and man, just knowing that God is protecting us. Now, here's the other side to this. And I fought God this week. I did not want to read this passage. And it's Psalms 91. And the reason why I didn't want to preach this passage is because it's taken out of context so, so much. Satan even takes it out of context when he's tempting Jesus and so I'm like, I don't want to read it. And, and, and God's like, no, I need you to read it, okay? Because there's real promises in this passage that are for us. But it's literally when we take them out of context and we think nothing's bad going to happen to us because we're praying Psalms 91 over our life. That is not the promise. Okay, remember, we talked about this last week, that this earth is under a curse, and that's why there's pain, and that's why there's struggle, right? And that's why there's control issues, is because this earth is under a curse. That curse will not be lifted until this earth is destroyed. God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, okay? 
And so this, this passage does not, and, and David actually talks about it, okay? And, and the passage that I think is, is it's funny, but not funny, um, that Satan uses against Jesus is that you won't even stub your toe. Guess who stubbed their toe this morning? Man, I was walking into our room this morning and I banged my, my little toe. I was just like, oh, where's Psalms 91? You know what I'm saying? Like, and so when we read any type of scripture, we need to have this healthy balance, okay? Yes, he wants to protect us. Yes, he has the power to protect our lives and our family and our finances, but it is not a promise that nothing bad is going to happen to us because we look at the author who wrote this passage and he went through a ton, right? His father-in-law tried to kill him a lot, his son tried to take his throne. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he, was, like he was a homeless guy for many, many years, right? Walking in the wilderness. And so we just have to have a balanced perspective when we read scripture, okay? So let's read it. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I, I love this imagery, okay? Because if you're in somebody's shadow, it means you're really close, And he's saying, man, God is there. You're in the shadow of the Almighty. Why? Because he's really close. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you. Okay, here, if if nothing bad happens to us, right? Why do we need rescue, right? For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. This is the imagery of of like a mother hen, right? Protecting her chicks. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Let's continue. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness. Do not dread it. Don't be afraid of things that are happening right now in our society. Like, like, don't live in fear. Don't live in dread. Nor the disaster that strikes at midday, though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousands are dying around you. These evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes. And so whenever you see that type of wording, especially in the Old Testament, David's not talking about waking up in the morning, okay? He's not talking uh, about physical eyes. He's talking about spiritual eyes. We look at the prophet, what he says to his servant, Mike teach on this a couple of weeks ago, right? He says, Lord, open his eyes. And what did he see? He saw angels surrounding the enemy, right? That's what he says. So right, David's like, man, open your eyes. No matter what you're going through, there are angels fighting on your behalf. There is more for us than against us. See how the wicked are punished. Let's continue. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Let's continue. 
You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. And this is, man, this is the power of the Holy Spirit, man. This is the power that we have through God. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me, right? Rescue. That means that there's going to be times that we need rescue. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in what? In trouble. It doesn't mean that we won't experience hardship or trouble. It just means that God is going to be with us in the trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will give them, re- I will give them a long life and give them my salvation. Man, there, there's real, man, that's a real promise of protection over our lives. And, and when trouble comes and when we need to be rescued, know that God is, that we're in his shadow, that, that he's hovering over us like a hen with his chicks, like he is close to us and that he has angels that he can deploy on our behalf to protect us. The blessing is the blessing of obedience. But the blessing is the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus today. You've never said yes to the Holy Spirit today. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth. You drifted from God and you're just far away from God today and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus today. You want to make that commitment to follow him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm not going to ask you to do anything embarrassing. Just slip up your hand this morning. Yes, just slip it up. Yep, you can just put it down. Thank you, Jesus. Yep, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And I would just ask this morning, as a community, we'd help those make the greatest decision of their life today and would just repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.